going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I appreciate you checking out the show wherever and however you're listening to this today, whether you're on your drive to or from work or wherever you're going, whether you're at work, powering through a spreadsheet, or you're on a run, whatever's going on right now, however you're listening to this, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. We got a fun episode this week, you know, bringing this podcast back and, you know, kind of revamping it with a new name and sort of a new direction, you know, March 4th, which is really just a, just kind of a personal mantra for me and kind of a a little bit of a play on words, I guess you could say, because that's my birthday. But uh, for those of you checking out the show the first time, really the theme behind that is just perseverance, moving forward, moving on, moving in a positive direction in your life. Keep on keeping on, as Joe Dirt would say. So it's good to be back, and I'm, I'm thankful for whoever's checked out the show so far, whether it was the episode with my brother Brandon, the solo episode I did about perseverance, a couple weeks back or the first episode back with the new name with my buddy Ryan waiting from Tropic Bombs. They've got some new music coming out, um, hopefully in the near future, but they're working on their new studio right now. So love those guys. But any Hoosers, um, I really appreciate all of you who have been checking out the show. It really means a lot. And uh, really just connecting with people, man. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is something I do for free on my own time. I used to write about music back in the day for Toledo Free Press and the podcast that I started back in the day was Bauman's Breakdown, and it really was birthed out of my passion for music and having a chance to cover artists who played in Northwest Ohio or in the Northwest Ohio area. So it's it's really fun to be back, and it's it's an itch that I just had to continue to scratch, and you'll hear a little bit about that even in this episode today about kind of how I got where I'm at right now. So thank you to you all for checking out the show. This week's episode is a lot of fun because it's a guy that I first talked to back in, man, I want to say 2012 it was. It was going on seven years ago now. And his name is Wes Anderson. He's also a Northwest Ohio native. Uh, we're about the same age. Great dude. And I want you guys to actually listen to the show, so I'm not going to like give away everything in the intro. But uh, he's got a really good story and, and one that really fits in this this theme of, of perseverance and moving forward and you know not being afraid to go after the things that you really love, that you're really passionate about. And we first got in touch, like I said, almost a decade ago in 2012. You know, at that point, I was about a year into um, doing music feature stories for Toledo Free Press and had been there for almost two years at that point. And he was a guy that had just joined Fiction 20 Down, which is kind of like a pop rock reggae band. And um, they were doing a show in the area. And, and I was just really inspired by his story, especially since we were the same age. You know, he was somebody that was in the corporate world and and just decided like, man, like I, I feel like I just need to continue to pursue music. He's been playing guitar for over two decades now. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a really great story. And the transition from, you know, where he was you know, in his mid-20s to where he's at now is, is one that's really cool and one that I found really interesting. So bringing this show back and having that theme of perseverance, I really thought that he, he would be a perfect guest for the show, and I had a lot of fun talking to him. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Wes Anderson, guitarist, musician, good dude, and a lot of other things, but but a great dude and a great guitarist. So here you go. <laughs> Yeah, we 
we first got in touch in 2012, just to give people who listen to this a, a recap, and um, at that time you had left your corporate gig in Chicago. Um, you were always playing music, playing your guitar, and um, ended up, I don't know if like audition's the right word, but, but um, you ended up with Fiction 20 Down in Baltimore. Yep. Um, so I guess that timeline, and, and then I noticed it, um, you know, just getting ready for, for this conversation, that that ended up morphing into um, Big Infinite, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Same, same guys, but uh, new name and, like, new sound. Yeah, so um, just, I mean, not that you can put five years and five minutes uh, <laughs> since the last time we talked, but, I mean, obviously you guys, you guys, you, you toured, um, you developed a lot of steam, not only in Baltimore, but just on the East Coast in general, um, developed a great local fan base in Baltimore. Um, so what, what's that transition been like in terms of just getting up to speed to, to present day as far as um, Fiction right. 20 Down, Big Infinite, and now the music that you're doing on your own? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, you, you're headed all right uh, starting in 2012, and you know when I moved out here, I think the the week after I dropped my boxes off, we were on tour already. So it was, it was a real quick uh, transition, and just kind of like I just you know hit the road. And we did that for a good good couple of years. We got a, a big time manager in New York City, who was the same guy managing uh, Kelly Clarkson, Michelle Branch, and he's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, so this was like 2014 at that point. After doing some national tours, regional tours, um, always playing nonstop. We released a couple albums, a mixtape. You know, we were keeping busy for a couple of years, and I think that was part of the reason why we were able to get a manager or at least uh, attract someone like him. And so that was like 2014. And about the next year, we were still doing everything we were before, but we were being shopped to like some pretty big labels. And some sounded more promising than others. We got picked up by like, we got a booking agent and dropped all before we, we even did one show with him. And it was the same guy who allegedly was the, the agent of Wu-Tang Clan and Bone Thugs Harmony, among other people. But So we were all, like, high-fiving, and, like, we're all at the studio together when we found out. And then, like, a couple weeks later, we have a call. Everything sounds great. And then, like, don't hear anything. And then our manager's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And then, like, after a couple months, we're like, what the, this dude just totally flaked. Which oh, actually isn't all that uncommon, yeah. unfortunately. But you know that's just the ropes. You gotta you gotta roll with the punches. And then after working with the manager for a while, we it wasn't really like panning out either. And we kind of felt like we 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 also like hit a ceiling. And after so many tours and so much money invested in our equipment and our management, our you know the business, the, the band, and the art, um, it just it just seemed like we 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 hit a wall and like. One of the main reasons, if you read the Big Infinite bio for anyone listening, was we were on tour and got the news that Jordan's dad had passed away. So um, that kind of put everything on hold and um, kind of made us reevaluate some things. And, you know, he was dealing with that situation at home, you know, had his mom to take care of. And uh, just shortly before that, had his first daughter. So you can't really, you know, tour without a singer. And, you know, we weren't, you know, it was like Jordan wrote a lot of the songs and, so we, we kind of took our time and with everything going on on the industry side of things, which can really like mess with your head when like an A&R at Warner Brothers says that like they love your band, but then like 
doesn't sign you. You know, it's just a yeah. lot of like dragging you through like the motions and getting pulled along, getting your hopes up just to get your you know dreams crushed. That's like the harsh way to put it, but it kind of teaches you to to sort of never take the highs too high and the lows too low because you never know what other factors out of your control or otherwise that like could be at play and, and sort of you know making you refocus just on the music and the art so that was a lot of the backstory of, of big infinite because we kind of just gave up on on chasing the industry so to say yeah um, which more often than not will lead you down a dark path and probably won't work out so we figured if like if and this is more my personal approach if the odds are stacked against you no matter what in music you might as well like have fun doing it and try your best not to worry about the other stuff it's impossible not to just discredit discredit it because you need you need it to grow and hopefully you know sustain an audience and make some money off of it but yeah you know more focusing back to the art, the music, the, the fun, the fun part, the creation part. Um, so that was like the backstory of Big Infinite and sort of the mantra I've carried over to my own stuff. And then shortly after Big Infinite, we, we released a single, uh, we did an EP, did some shows. Um, and then at that point, I it was kind of like the same backstory of Big Infinite was, it was similar to my own. I didn't have like a, a personal family tragedy or anything, but... I felt sort of, you know, my like I said, my sort of my mantra is that like, if it all could just like, if I could break my hands in an accident, accident tomorrow and never be able to play guitar again, like I need to make sure I'm what I'm doing today is like, what I want to cement like, as legacy. I don't know, that might be too big of a word, but sort of just like what what I want to go down as and uh, being in a band format is just really taxing especially you get older jordan had two kids and and everyone has their own personal situation personal bills to pay and i was personally you know we we stopped touring when we did big infinite so i was like i'm gonna get a job because if we're not touring i you know i was doing like some contract marketing work yeah uh, bar backing you know whatever whatever gigs i could do just really like float myself but also keep myself available enough to tour and do all that stuff but um so yeah i started taking care of myself again which kind of made you know everything a little better mentally when you have a solid paycheck for once and yeah you, know, you can pay the bills and still pursue your art and we did the did the ep and i thought it was great and um but musically i had some other stuff i needed to get out and i started working on my first solo single while i was still in the band and then over a couple months i just kept getting that itch it got even greater to really want to like take the solo music uh, even further and see what I can do with it and um, a lot of what the guys are doing now is, is mental health related and playing um, like the NAMI walks for mental illness and in school assemblies which is super cool and it's a cause I support and believe in but um, I really just wanted to focus all my music time on the music um, and I don't I mean that to make myself sound bad or like I don't care because I think it's a great cause but um, you know I, I, I'm having a lot of fun just going down more of the producer and songwriter path and just doing singles allows me to do different genres um, that I want to do and work with different people like freaking Peanut from 311 that you can't really do in a band. It just allowed me total freedom, total control. It's like if I, if I want to like, I was doing a lot of the management work in the old band, which I was happy to do, but I was like, if I'm doing like all this work 
and investing time and money is like I, I want to be able to have more control, more creative control, you know, strategic control as far as how I want to market myself and promote myself, just all the above, just just autonomy, independence, and um, that's what I've been really enjoying. And I've got three singles out now. Collaborate with guys from Bali who I've been friends with for a while. PM from 311, Lyrics Born, just like literally some of, some of my musical heroes. So it's been really cool. And um, I have a fourth single coming out in about a month. And I'm working on a live set that is pretty much done that I'm looking to start touring with again this summer and fall and just take that where it goes. Um, I launched a T-shirt line. I don't know if you can see it, but... Yeah, like the, the Bart Simpson yeah. logo? Uh, yeah, it's called Bob Simpson. Bob Simpson? Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the character from the cover art of my last single, I've Got Your Back, hit a buddy from college, uh, designed it a long, long time ago. And I always thought it had a cool sort of punk rock vibe to it. And I just thought it'd be cool on a t-shirt. And the, the margins on selling t-shirts are much better than Spotify streams. So I was like, maybe I can finally start recouping a little money. And then also I'll have it to sell a show. So it's kind of like a win-win. But yeah, man, that's that's the 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 uh, the rub of it. It's been a, it's been a long seven years, but... Um, pretty pretty happy with where things are at right now that's cool man and, and so there's there's a lot to unpack there um so you're uh, no that's cool i mean i i gave you my life story in like the last five years of my life in like six minutes um but um so what was the um i mean obviously you moved to baltimore and joined fiction 20 down you know seven years ago tight bond with those guys like how how has it been if you don't mind me asking, and we and like I said, we can go into whatever. I don't ever want anybody to feel like, oh, I got to answer this question, or I mean, I hopefully you don't do like the Russell Westbrook like next question, but yeah, um, yeah. No, but um, obviously when you spend that amount of time, you're on the road, you're you know, um, and I'm sorry for the lighting by the way. If I look like Batman right now, I don't know. My, I think it's just my old laptop. My my camera on here is not the greatest. No. But um, what when was like the uh, the time where you decided to leave, you know, Big Infinite and do your own thing, and how has that transition been, um, just with the guys and the friendships that you built with those guys over the years? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right in that when you spend so much time with with the same people for so long, like, there's a bond there that you really can't escape it. It's kind of like doing prison time in some instances, like, (laughs) with your cellmates, you know, especially on the road when you're, like, you drive 10 hours and 10 people show up and the promoter stiffs you and then your freaking transition transition uh transmission goes out on the highway in the middle of the night you know just just nightmare scenarios that like happen more often than they should um so yeah that, that definitely brings a group together especially with you know jordan losing his father who was a huge supporter of the band um so definitely a lot of like memories but you know more good than bad so i don't want to focus on the bad by any means but yeah, um, it's all good. Like it wasn't a dramatic thing. Like things on the the music front and the touring front had slowed down pretty significantly. In the as like we launched Big Infinite, kind of by design. But I kind of everyone also getting older and having families and jobs and you know, life is different when you're in your low to upper thirties and your low to upper twenties. You know, yeah, just different priorities. And and I kind of just hit a point where I needed really like satisfy my priorities and what i want to do and it's tough in a band to to really you know sort of fulfill your vision to the fullest 
because you always got to compromise. And I can I don't mean to sound this in a bad way. It's kind of a selfish way, but you know, life's short. You know, I want to do what the the heck I want to do. And um, but it was all good. Like you know, after that much time, you know, unless something super weird happened, like it's gonna be. A, a friendly affair and like they're doing more acoustic stuff and the mental health stuff so i think actually like like you know maybe in some way nudge them to to really do what is more of a passion and a cause they they believe in um because i was managing and booking the bands and i still wanted to like try to hit some clubs and and especially in the local scene and sort of reintroduce ourselves and reimmerse ourselves into the scene because a lot's changed here in Baltimore since I've been here for sure. There's a lot more bands, new venues, uh, more promoters. So it's definitely grown. So I was really wanted to do that. And um, like I said, I think the passion with Jordan and the other guys was more in the mental health space. So it's a cool angle for a band to take and, and I support it and still do. Um, I actually was talk have been talking to Dre, our the drummer, and I'm hoping to have him do some shows with me for my live set because um, it's kind of like a DJ set with live instruments. So it's kind of like, a, I don't know if you've heard of Thievery Corporation. I haven't, no. Uh, they're awesome. They're like a legendary DC band. I got into them being here. They're huge around here and worldwide, I think. But it's like a DJ set, but they still have live instruments and different vocal performers throughout the set. So I kind of have like the DJ set and like the backtracks. I'm going to jam uh, guitar and synthesizer over it, and then hopefully I'll have like maybe a live drummer or a guest rapper to, to do a couple tracks. So, yeah, it's, it's all good. That's good, man. That's good. And, and thanks, thanks for elaborating a little bit, because I think like sometimes like people are curious, like especially people who have filed Fiction 20 Down and Big Infinite, like they're probably like, okay, like, you know, like... They they kind of want to know like what happened, not necessarily the dirt. Yeah. So so I think it's cool. I think it's cool that that it's still that it sounds like obviously everything is still civil, and you just wanted to kind of do your own thing and 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 get the music out of you that 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 was you had that itch yeah, to scratch. Exactly like you know being in a band is kind of like a marriage except with three other dudes. So like <laughs> yeah. I would say it's like a, a very friendly divorce where there's still a little like sting, I guess like. Um, you know, I miss the guys, and then in hindsight, there's things that, you know, I didn't, I think I suppressed from my memory um, that have been coming up, just like different things that had happened through decisions that were made and stuff like that. Nothing that would ever, like, make me feel like, oh, screw you guys or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's cool to, to sort of have that experience, those experiences and time to reflect, and also just the wisdom and, and the knowledge you gain. I helped out, like I said, with almost all the management stuff for Big Infinite, and then in Fiction Pointing Down, I, I helped book some tours and shows and promotion and stuff. So you just learn by virtue of just doing stuff. A lot of like the mechanics of how to to build a band, like how to form an LLC for your band, so you can do you know W nines and stuff at the venues. Yeah. Uh, setting up web properties, and you know I I'm a marketer by trade, so that's how I pay my bills. So being able to run like social media ads and promote your shows using ads on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube and all that. So there's a lot of like really good skills like you pick up just by doing it for so long. And then for me, you know, I'm able to just put those skills to work for my own music now, which has been a lot of fun to do just sort of more as like a marketing experiment. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And before we go forward, I want to go back a little bit to catch people up. Cause you, you mentioned Ballyhoo, you mentioned peanuts. So 
you know, I remember way back when we first talked, just to give people a little background about, about your story, um, you've always been into like 311 and then like that whole, that whole scene. Um, and, and then as you mentioned just now, like being a marketer, like you were in, you know, however you want to put it, like the corporate world in Chicago, you know, out of college yeah. and, you know, get, get a good job. And, but, but music, you felt like you just, you had to like take this chance, you had to do it. And that's how things got to where they were with fiction 20 down. Um, and I, and I kind of wanted to talk about like just that, that passion. And then that, that transition, like, was there, was there a tipping point or a turning point for you? Um, cause I think a lot of people, you know, and I think we've, we've talked about this over the years that the times that we've gotten in touch, like, you know, you, you, I think sometimes people, they have this idea of like, the, here's what my life should look like at 25 or here's what it should look like at 30. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there who, you know, we all got to do what we got to do. We got to pay the bills, but you kind of, you kind of accept like a certain narrative of maybe about what your life should look like, but you're always going to have those things that, that you have to do. And you were somebody that, that just said, Hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm at that time in my life where I feel like this is the time to do it. Was there, was there a transition or a tipping point, I guess, to that where you said, okay, I'm going to give up sort of this security and make that transition and really try to pursue music? Um, I don't think there's one particular like event. Like I did, uh, lose an uncle of mine in 2011 to suicide, which did definitely, I think, push me in that direction a little faster than I would have gone otherwise. I was definitely still going in that direction and realized being in my band in Chicago and balancing that with like the corporate gig that as time went on, my passion for music wasn't going away, even with a good job and a great city to live in. Like it, it wasn't like those things didn't matter nearly as much as being able to pursue my passion and make music and play. So I think, you know, any family tragedy like that will definitely make you like, have those like you know self-aware moments where you're like shit like life is short i need to like if i really want to do this thing like i better freaking do this before i i can't and i had already felt at 25 years old which was my age when i when i moved to maryland that i was already on the on the later end of, of the music years you know a lot of a lot of the big bands like you know the 21 pilots of the world they're they're getting their major record deal you know, they couldn't still be teenagers and, and touring the world in their low 20s. So, like, by 25, they're already, like, super established, you know, can tour in buses, pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah. And, you know, that's more common probably with the pop pop acts and singers and stuff like that. But I was, you know, even so, I was just like, well, it, it, and then within the band in Chicago, we had a singer that was starting to flake out, not showing up to rehearsals, um, had some other personal stuff going on that was a little concerning as a band so between you know all those things and factors i was kind of putting into my head uh it happened to be that i saw on fiction 20 on social media they were looking for a guitar player so i just thought i'd hit them up because uh, i was aware of who they were just from being in my band in chicago you kind of always try to keep your ear to the ground and see who's like out on your level or maybe a little higher than you that you could team up with for shows or what you know just network and become friends and yeah. all that good stuff so i thought it was a lot like no way in hell i i shot him a message gave him my info and then we talked and then sure enough it ended up in me auditioning and playing a show here in baltimore and then that was the that was it 
Yeah, and, and and I think that's I think that's cool because like even when I when I brought back this podcast, you know, one thing I thought about was like, you know, perseverance um, and moving forward, and and you know, having people who have stories of that, and I I think that's really cool. I'm sorry to hear about your uncle, uh, by the way, man. Um, oh, thanks. But oh, yeah. um, I, I, on the positive end of that, for for that to be one of the things that that kind of helped you get where you are now, I think, in, in a weird way, it's kind of there was if there was anything positive that could come out of that i think i yeah. think your journey's part of that you know yeah and and we've all you all everyone goes through losing people that's a fact of life that's not unique to me at all I, but you know one thing i always try to take away is like what's the what's you know if i'm put, going through all this crap and sadness and stuff and grief like what's the positive of this like there's got to be an upside to this and it's kind of like those moments that remind you like what course you should be on or you know kind of like remind you and shake you up a bit to be more aware of like what your heart's telling you and, and not these other factors that society or your group of friends may may have so you know that i think that's the good thing for sure yeah and 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 you know getting back to um that transition and fiction 20 down and and, and doing everything that you're doing now um you know, I, I'm looking, I mean, right now we're Skyping for people who listen to this. So it's like, I see like the 311 stuff and, and we've talked about this in the past, but, um, <laughs> this is my music corner in my new apartment Yeah, my, like, man. behind me and my pedal board. I love it. So that was the stuff that, that grabbed you, um, you know, slightly stupid. And I think about those bands like 311, slightly stupid, um, uh, and sublime, like that stuff really started to explode into the nineties. I think probably like you know, was really at sort of a mainstream level. I mean, we're, what, two years apart? I think you're, what, 32, 33? 32, I'm 32, yeah. 32, so, so, like, you know, right around the turn of, I would say, like, 99, 2000, I really feel like that stuff was, was definitely mainstream, you know what I mean? And it was really peaking. Um, what was it about that music, or, or, or what, what song was it, or was it an album that, that grabbed you first out of that, or out of that genre? And I know it's, I know sometimes that's a weird question when I, when, when I ask people that, because I think about the stuff that I like, and they're like, well, I don't know, why, why do you like heavy stuff? I'm like, I don't know, I just, I just like it. But for you, what was, what was the first band or song that, that really got you going down that rabbit hole with guitar? Yeah, I mean, it was 311, for sure. Like, I had been into, uh, like, other stuff prior to that so this is you know i started playing guitar in 96 so this is like mid 90s i was i'm the youngest of three and and my dad was always playing like led zeppelin and beatles and stuff so i was already surrounded to like rock at, at a very young age and kind of being the youngest sibling you get to hear the cool stuff that the junior high kids are listening to and all that <laughs> right so um, yeah, so I was like into the Green Days and, and Offsprings, Alice in Chains, Collective Soul, all, all the good, you know, early to mid-90s stuff that was really popping off then. But it was really 311 that, that that hit me on a more emotional level, I think, and it was down there, you know, I think it was their first big hit in 96. And that was really what what got me wanting to play guitar, you know, seeing the, the videos on MTV uh, getting played all the time back then. I was just like, that's that's what I want to do. Like that's that's what I w- would want to be. So got a guitar, started taking lessons, and then went from there. So they've always been a constant inspiration, and a lot of the bands that are, from that era are still doing stuff. Um, Incubus, they're not so much on the reggae tip, but they're they've always been one of my favorites. And Deftones, 
Um, and they all did a so, big tour together a couple years ago, right? Wasn't it like yeah, Incubus, yeah, 311? I I no, but I was, man, what are, what, are the, what are the odds that those two bands are touring in the, you know, when it's about to be 2020? Yeah. But, yeah, so those those types of bands, the real career bands that had minimal ch- lineup changes and really stuck to their core and, you know, just kept persevering, like you were saying earlier, like those are the bands I've always sort of modeled, try to like take inspiration from and model myself after and shit i was just on 311's cruise in uh in the springtime this year just as a fan on a vacation and to see like all the people that are still so engaged and so excited to just you know see this band it's just really inspiring and it's you know proves that like you can still do it later on you know they they still look pretty pretty great they're still jumping around they're like 50 so you know it's really inspiring as a 32 year old fighting dad bod so <laughs> um but yeah that scene a lot of that reggae rock scene is still blowing up today like dirty heads i'm a big fan of their stuff and sublime with rome is doing stuff and like valley who the guys i've been work you know working with and partying with and hanging with uh so it's really cool to just see not only the the old school bands that are still carrying the torque, but also what what other new bands have risen sort of as a result of that, you know, being the pioneers paving the way for like a hybrid style of music that's that came has gone in and out of, of mainstream, but still prevails on a, you know, like more of a touring level. But people are the audience is clearly still there and it's more popular than ever, it seems. Yeah, and I think that's awesome too to hear about like the collaboration. You're, you're, you know, mentioning like Peanut and Ballyhoo and stuff. So, how how did that come about? Because I checked out all your all your stuff, like Moments in Time, um, One of One, I've Got Your Back, Kid. Like they all have different different feels. You know what I mean? Like each of them yeah. has like a different a different vibe, and it's like you know, it's definitely like your guitar tone and like anybody who listens to, to your music is going to know it's you, but all three of those songs have different vibes, which, which I think is really cool. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that's kind of like a, like a mind trip to like grow up listening to that stuff and then end up actually being able to collab with those guys. I mean, how, how did those relationships come about, man? Yeah. Well, the, the Ballyhoo guys, they're from Maryland. So I've actually been friends with them for a couple of years. Um, their their old bassist jr was one of my first friends i made moving here to maryland and then met some other friends in that circle and then became more friends with the ballyhoo guys through through the mutual friends but uh yeah so so that was sort of a, a easy decision for me to want to get howie on a song for my first single because i already know him he's local i i knew both the tone of his voice would kill it on the song so i thought that was like pretty 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 easy transition into doing my own stuff and, and working with collaborators but the peanut thing i mean that was you know literally a dream come true and then um for him to to just throw down bass on the track and then like last summer on their their summer tour he hooked hooked me up with uh backstage passes at the show and hung out with me like a part of my youtube channel my social media stuff i do is called uh, meet the collaborator series kind of like what we're doing now but uh they've all been face to face so far but just set up a gopro or my phone and you know just chat like we are yeah, about our songs what they got going on and etc so so we hung out with peanut and then he gave us passes for the rest of the show so it's just like like just like what the hell kind of moments <laughs> like this is too cool and it couldn't he couldn't be a cooler dude and it's kind of just like shows why they've been around for so long because they're i think they're just genuinely good like midwest people that 
you know, it just felt like catching up with an old friend, like like we're talking right now. It didn't seem like he's talking to this dude who sold, you know, however tens of millions of records worldwide and done all this cool crap that like kids could only dream about. So, so that was cool. But yeah, every song, as far as like the collaborations and how they come about, is different. Um, but it all starts with with me writing a song on the guitar, and then from there. Um, I usually get a vision of, of what I want it to become and what sort of vibe I want. And that's sort of back to the freedom of doing your own thing and, and not releasing albums and just doing singles is that I now have the luxury to do a pop punk song if I want or a hip hop song. Like eventually I'll probably do an EP or an album that is a little more cohesive stylistically. But for now I'm just having fun sort of doing all the styles of songs that I've always wanted to do that I just didn't really have an outlet for. Yeah. So so it all starts with the song, first and foremost, that's, that starts on my guitar. Um, and then as it takes shape, I kind of have a better idea of the vibe I want. And then I work with a producer here in Baltimore who, who's done all my songs with me so far. And then that's where I cut the demo. And from there, I have a good idea of what the song is and what, what the vibe is. And then I'll shop it to collaborators. Um, usually I'll have an idea of who, who I want on it and kind of go from there and see what feedback I get. But I've had really good, really good luck so far with everyone that I've been able to work with. And uh, I don't know if anyone said no yet or if they did, it was because of logistical reasons or something. So like it's yeah. been really cool. And then, so like my next single has uh, Duke Sims from a band called Shinobi Ninja um, and then a, a rapper called Kosha Dills. And then the single after that, which is already decent, decently along the way, has a, a rapper named King Green from a band called Red Gold Green, who are freaking awesome. They're on the 311 cruise. They're killing it right now. So it's cool. that It's like, you know, I still have more stuff in the pipeline to come, and um, they all, they're all both vastly different songs. The one with King Green is like a salsa jam funk song, and then the next one is like a kind of more like one-of-one, one, a more trippy hip-hop song, but still different. So yeah, it's just been a journey, and it's and it's so fun that every song takes its own life form and, and journey. There's no, like no two songs are similar in how the demo comes about, how the collaborators come about, how the cover art comes about. So everything has just been unique and a new experience. So like, you know, I'm having fun, just you know, still still pushing on. That's awesome, man. And who who's the rapper on One of One? So that's a guy named Lyrics Born. So really, that that was the the selling point for peanut because i knew they were friends so i've gotten lyrics born who's a he's like a super well-known oakland area rapper like old school guy yeah uh, he, he's done cool stuff too he's got a really big following he's done like jimmy kimmel before back in the day i don't know if he's as big on the east coast but like oakland in the bay area like everyone knows lyrics born yeah Shit, I, after I, I recorded out there and i went to a party because my brother lives out there and we went to a party the day after recorded, and the freaking song I first hear when I walk in there is a lyrics porn song. So I was like, I just, so they were like tripping out. I told them I was just in the studio with them, but um, yeah. So I knew him and Peanut were uh, friends or at least friendly. So um, once I knew I had lyrics born, I hit up Three Eleven's manager and gave him the demo, and I told him, hey, can you mind passing this to Peanut? Um, see if he's interested in doing bass. I got lyrics born and. After some back and forth and, you know, waiting to hear back, I, I got his bass tracks and um, that was it. That's awesome, man. So did the Peanut stuff, you mentioned your um, your YouTube channel, like, 
is that how that relationship started was like going to that show and like how did how did that yeah well yeah it, i guess you could say it just started from doing the song together but it, you know he had just recorded his his parts remotely or in his home studio or whatever so we had not like actually talked on the phone or, or met you know we exchanged some some twitters and stuff like that some tweets but yeah really just hanging out backstage uh and getting that facetime and chatting and and so that was uh, after he had recorded with you yeah, yeah okay yeah. okay it was before the song was released, but he had already. The song was pretty much done at that point. That's cool. What kind of what kind of like uh, like advice or words of wisdom did he did he pass on to you? I mean, I'm sure because because there's been a, a few times in my life where I've gotten to talk to like people from just doing this kind of stuff. You know, people that I've that I've looked up to musically, and I know I can only speak for me. I can't speak for you, but it was a uh, it was a little nerve wracking at first because you're like, man, I hope they're cool. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, I've been listening to their music for, like, I just hope they're, and, th- and, and I really haven't had, like, a negative experience doing this. Um, you know, I try to prepare, and I feel like I'm easy to talk to, but you never know if you're going to get somebody on a bad day or you're one of, like, 15 interviews they're doing. But, um, but anyway, so I've had good luck, but um, was it hard for you to, like, I guess, A, not geek out, and then B, um, you mentioned how cool he was, like, you know, yeah. like how, what was that vibe like as far as just, I mean, were you wanting to pick his brain or you just wanted to just try to like be chill and not be like a fanboy? Like what kind of advice did he give you? <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I, I, you know, obviously I don't need to do my homework for 311 because I already knew like their story. So I tried to stick it to like covering new stuff that like other people, because like when you have a fan base like theirs, they're going to read any every interview, they're going to listen to everything that a member of that band does. That's just how, how their fan base is. Right. And I knew that going into that, so I tried to stick to like stuff that like the common interview may not involve. Right. So, um, obviously talking about our song was part of that. Um, but yeah, I tried to keep it to more like just however it goes like there's a couple stuff i wanted to touch on just like their new album i knew that they were working on a new album at the time and like uh it was like basketball playoffs and lebron had just gone to the lakers and i'm an ohio guy so i like lebron and he's a lakers guy so just like real casual uh friendly talk um we did have some really really cool like moments um that were on a deeper level like as far as like actualizing your ideas because we were getting into like how the song came together and i wanted like the people who are going to see that on my youtube or whatever to sort like everyone asked like how the f word did you get peanut out of yeah. your song so I'm trying to, like, <laughs> like be able to have an answer that is like well go to my youtube channel just see for yourself so yeah. um we talked about like how how hard it is and how necessary it is to actualize your ideas you know it's one thing to shoot for the stars and be like man i really wish one day i could like get peanut on a song so and so it's like the mindset of taking a big like sort of abstract idea like that into actually actionable things you can do or, or things that like you know you can do to put in place that'll allow that opportunity to even have a shot of happening it's sort of like really breaking it down and like doing that song on the when i did the demo i had no intention of even who the bass would be or, or getting peanut at all. I was just, once I got lyrics born, I was like, well, this is sort of a big deal. So like, how can I compound that and make it a bigger deal? And that's, that's how it came together. But yeah, I, I did fangirl. I, I fangirled a few times. <laughs> like when he told me, um, we were still talking about the song and he told me, um, 
that one of his tests he does to see if it's a good song is he plays it for his kids and his wife. And he told me that they love the song. So I was like, shit, look, you play this in the peanut house. Like, so cool. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, hearing him talk about writing new 311 material with like their drummer, Chad, and how different it is from writing with Nick. Like just to like talk about it like casually like this about, you know, stuff like that's like you know for me as a fan it's just like you know I, that's just so cool it's just a once in a lifetime experience well hopefully it happens more but yeah uh it, it was cool it was pretty chill i mean he smokes a lot of weed so i'm assuming <laughs> he was probably high and i try to have i had a few shots of tequila before to take the edge off so <laughs> that, that's the piece of advice too is uh you know if you're dealing with these people and you offer them weed and booze it's usually uh welcomed yeah <laughs> How about lyrics for him, man? Same thing, just you, you, you develop the music and you just shop the track and you're like, man, it'd yes. be awesome if yeah, I can get so him on lot, this. A lot of these cats, and this is good advice to any musician out there who, who's looking to, to collaborate with other people, is like, go, you got to know the proper channels you go through. Like, you got to know right. if you want to go book a show, you, you talk to the promoter or the booking contact at the venue. You know, you just sort of know as time goes on what the proper channels are. So, yeah, I, I found his manager's info on the website, and there was something on his website too that says like for collaboration inquiries, like contact this person. So I the demo pretty well recorded, and this was at at the time where I wasn't like sure who was going to do what, but I thought he'd be a, a potential good fit. And then the manager said he liked the song; he'll pass it to Lyrics Born, and then Lyrics Born heard the song and liked it too. So we worked out the details and recording schedule and all that, and popped on like a conference call to talk about the vibe of the song and you know all that and he that dude's just like a total pro like i had not known him or met him prior to that um i've been a fan of his for like five years or so so not like a super long time um but it worked out where i was able to go out to california and go in the same studio and sort of give feedback on what i liked what i didn't like as much and he already had most of the lyrics prepared and then um yeah, we did like a meet the collaborators, just like a peanut in in the studio after the session was done, and yeah, the dude is just super cool, total pro. Um, and I had some, he's uh he's like a very, he's not afraid to like be proud of like his Asian heritage because there's not many rappers that have accomplished what he has that are Asian rappers. So it's like cool, he really like owns it. So I brought some Asian whiskey to drink for the the meet the collaborators. I thought that would go over well, and it did. So yeah, it's just it's cool. It's definitely a different experience in Peanut. Just, um, but you know, it's so cool to just just talk to these people of all different backgrounds at a more personal level, not just like business and be like, oh, you know, here's my song record and you know, good day. But yeah. to be able to like, you know, I, I, we're making art together, and like, yeah, you know, I, I pay these people because. They're professionals and, and, you know, they have bills just like I do and everyone else. So, um, but, you know, you're also creating art together. So you want to, like, like, I don't want to just have it like a cold, distant person I just go back and forth with on email. I want to make sure I can at least talk on the phone or have some, like, regular communication, you know, hang out in person, make sure that, like, the person's not a total douche or something. Right, right. Someone you actually want to work with. You know, so try to make it as personal as possible, which is difficult when people are touring and doing their own thing. But, uh, you know, that's that's just part of part of the deal. So did the Meet the Collaborators thing, is that just, just an idea you had as you were birthing this? Like, hey, I'm doing, um, I'm doing my solo stuff now. I'm doing my own thing. Like, 
I want to I want to give people the story and not just put out a song. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, you know, like media is king these days, and video content is huge. So, um, you know, it's just another funnel to get people into what I'm doing musically, who I am as a person, and, and you know, it's just another way to to, to get an audience. Um, and you know, it's it, a lot of what I'm doing now. It, like, I, I think of things that I would want to see from other artists, that things that I would like to to watch or listen to. So that's kind of like my mindset too, is just, you know, what, what would I want to see? And, you know, I'm not touring yet. So I was trying to think of other ways to promote myself because really doing, you know, taking it to the people and playing shows, that's, that's the tried and true method. If you're good enough and smart enough and you do it long enough, it'll probably, you'll probably get some, some sizable fan base out of it. Yeah. But, you know, until I'm at that level, you know, I got to think of other tools and resources I have and marketing is one of them and being able to get these videos with these people i can then you know use use my channels to, to promote it and um hope you know their fan bases are have all like gravitated towards it because they get to see their favorite they may not know who the hell i am but they know who howie from ballyhoo is so they're they want to see anything new he's got he has going on and if that's like an interview with me and his tour bus before a show, they're going to watch that and then they'll be like, oh, who's this guy? And then see the song we did together. Like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, it's, it's just a cool, like, as organic as possible process to to build a community around what you're doing in your art. Yeah, I think that's awesome, man. And I, and, I, and I think that word organic, like, especially when it comes to this stuff, you know, and it's funny too because it's like you never know what the thing is going to be that, that pops or what's going to be but I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the cream always rises to the top. But at the same time, too, people who are really into music, especially people who are into a specific genre, they're, they're going to respect, <clears throat> excuse me, authenticity. You know what I mean? So I think taking yeah. that approach is, is a really cool, authentic approach because, like you said, there's a lot of tried and true methods. But as you're building your name, especially now with the different platforms that are out there and especially video content everybody's watching youtube and stuff on their phones like yeah, what what yeah. better way to generate interest in your new stuff yeah exactly and um yeah i you know i i'd like to try to get to know the people a lot of the times like i've already known the, the value guys but if i don't know the person like like the guy from red gold green like i want to talk on the phone i want to like you know like build that connection you know and and make sure people I want to like attach myself to because you know I want to be authentic. I'm not going to just work with anyone just because maybe they have a big fan base or have a hot song right now or something cool going. Like yeah. you know, you know, I, I want to work with like good people and people that are going to be fun to work with. Yeah, and and um, touching on the Ballyhoo guys too because I I definitely obviously want to show them some love too. I mean like those songs yeah. that you did were awesome and. Um, and I listened to uh, I've Got Your Back Kid a couple times because, like, there's a story in that song and, and just, like, the perspective of what he's singing from. Like, I thought that was an interesting concept, how that came together. I mean, when you developed the music for that, did you just let him run with that? Because listening to it, I mean, he's talking about the kid in the, the store and stealing. Like, it's basically like the yeah. devil, like, the, like yeah, the, the rowdy part of the kid, you know? That's cool you picked up on that because that was, like, like a low-key thing i couldn't really promote but i was like low-key like really proud of how that came together because it really all started with uh the cover art and and the character on the cover it's called like he's called akibop um well so my buddy designed this character 
created a character called Akibop, and uh, he has different versions of it. He has his own sticker company and all this stuff. It's like a really cool thing. But like the the original meaning of Akibop that he made up a long time ago was was like from his Catholic grade school, and it was like he the if I remember it right. He told me that it was like their their Catholic teachers kept saying like. Don't listen to Akibop. Like Akibop was just a symbol of evil and temptation and like the the bad conscience and and all of us. And um, I knew I wanted to use that character in my cover art, so I told Howie like that's the backstory of the cover art, which like that's never that approach is never something I've done before. So it's kind of cool. Like the the lyrical content or the concept was already there along with the artwork and then the lyrics followed usually it's the other way around like nine yeah. out of ten times so it's cool and how he's so good and you know he you know i just told him to use it if he wants to at all or or not and he did what he did and the first files he gave me were like perfect like more than i could have ever imagined so i was like cool good to go that's awesome man. that's an awesome story because yeah i mean and i you know I'm somebody, like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more in, like, I was always into heavy stuff when I was younger, and I still like it, but I've gotten, you know, your taste, I'm sure you're experiencing that, too, you know, not that we're old, but you get in your early 30s, you start, your palate starts to, I feel like people go one of two ways, like, they either just kind of stick to what they know, or you kind of, like, branch out, you know what I mean, and, um, like, I've gotten into different stuff over the years, but, but especially, like, more, like, old school hip-hop, I've, I've gotten a lot more into over the years, and, like, you know, my girlfriend is really into rap, and like, so one element of 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 songs now that I really appreciate, and that I really appreciate from like when I say old school hip hop, I mean like the you know early mid '90s stuff, late '80s stuff, like the good stuff. Yeah, like they, uh, yeah, like they're they're great storytellers. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. like an authenticity to that. So I always think it's cool when I listen to a song, and you know, you you get the hook. The hook brings you in, and the music it brings you, and the rhythm brings you in. But then you go, oh wait, what? Like I got I got to roll that one back because there was something something help happening there lyrically, so I thought that was a really cool right story. Yeah. yeah, good catch. Someone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, man. But I, I I can't thank you again enough for like for like taking the time for this, especially just even you know I thought it was funny that you mentioned it's weird how like the universe like uh, not to get too trippy hippy dippy but like you know communicates to you in different ways and how you were talking about peanut about like visualizing ideas and stuff and so i i really wanted you to have you on this just knowing your story and how you've persevered and kind of just the theme of of my podcast now like march 4th like it's just kind of a play on words because my birthday's march 4th but like making it forth like f-o-r-t-h like you know keep on keeping on you know what i mean move forward persevere yeah, and yeah, um totally i feel like we all have the threads of of that in our lives at some point and um so when i when i saw you on twitter and that you were making you know, new music and stuff. I'm like, man, I haven't, I haven't talked to Wes in a minute. I'd love to get him on here, man. So it's so yeah, cool to me you, that, um, that not only you've, you had the path with fiction 20 down and big infinite, but, but now that you've actually gotten to collaborate with like people musically that you've looked up to and, 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 and to do the series that you're doing with them and give a background to the, to the music, I think is awesome, man. So Thanks again for doing this. And uh, before we close it too, like the other song I want to touch on, um, Moments in Time, I think is cool. Like the cover art for all the stuff you've done is, is pretty awesome so far. But like that song too has like a a pretty severe um, tempo switch. You know what I mean? Especially with the guitar work, like towards the end. Like it's, 
you've you've got a lot you've got a lot going on with the with the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean that the, it was. I didn't want to overexpose too much because I knew that it would never be like as good as I wanted to be. And cringe a little bit. Um, so, but you know, that's the thing. You just gotta like be able to rip the bandaid off at a certain point and just decide that I'm gonna put this out and. I'm gonna like I know that it's probably in six months I'm probably gonna hear something and I'm gonna cringe and wish I did it differently but you know that's the beauty of art you get to to learn it as you go but uh, yeah that that was just I, I'm a, I'm a heavy music still I've always branched out my whole life between heavy stuff and jazz and all this but um because the previous stuff I was known for my band was on the lighter side of things I really wanted to come out something a little harder so it definitely has like an old school incubus stuff um and uh yeah the cover art um that's cool you mentioned that too because that's like i try to invest like 100 percent into every aspect of the song because that's really what i'm attached like putting myself out there as is like this producer and songwriter and you know real person making the song so uh the the guy who did that did a lot of stuff for all the big infinite logos and a lot of the fiction turning down stuff his name's eric bach just super talented dude um, yeah, and he killed that artwork, and I should, now that you're mentioning artwork, uh, the guy who did One of One, he's the same designer who uh, did two of three Eleven's albums, Stereolithic and Universal Pulse. Oh, wow. So I've always thought his stuff was, was super awesome, and I was like, well, I got peanuts, so maybe he, he'll take on this project, and sure enough, he did. Um, so that was really cool too. So the the artwork is still like another thing that I really enjoy doing. I'm not talented at all, but to be able to have something like visual to attach to the song that kind of matches the vibe, the trippiness, or whatever, and maybe I'll eventually make T-shirts out of all the album covers. But um, it's it's fun working with artists because they have different perspectives and musicians have different approaches. So it's cool to just kind of see the firsthand the full spectrum of things and kind of know what the central like nucleus of it is which is the song and, and tying them and marrying them all together is, is just a never-ending process of, of fun for sure well one i'm not gonna let you bad talk yourself and say you're not talented because you are so stop it west <laughs> and two two um i i want to make sure we're on the same page like when i when i said severe i meant that in a good way because like just the name of that song, the lyrical oh, content of that song. So I, I, I hope you didn't, I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. Cause... Uh, I, it's funny because in, um, I remember my high school band, my bandmates would always laugh at me because a lot of my song and riffs have time changes. So I've got your back. It has a, a time change as well. It's not as severe as moments in time, and one of one kind of keeps the same pace. The next song keeps the same pace. But yeah, I, I definitely. Don't shy away from drastic changes and ups and downs in songs. No, and and, and so yeah, I, I I just wanted to clarify that because I'm like, no, I don't want this dude to think I'm like dogging uh, the song. No, cause, I, didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't take it that way at all. I'm, you know, you're always your worst critic, so like, you know, after time, you always sort of critique yourself and be, be like, what could I do better next time and all that. No, no, dude, I I really like the way that song came out because there's there's songs that have like good tempo changes like that where you're not expecting it and it kind of takes you on a journey and I think just the the lyrics of that song and, and just the title of that song to have that part where, where you kind of slow it down with the guitar and it's more of like an ethereal trip i thought that was really cool yeah. so so yeah no i meant it yeah. in a good way i just i just wanted to clarify but like yeah, no cool yeah, a lot of people like that section a lot uh i should give credit to my producer he 
he really helped take that part to the next level and added pianos and different uh, guitar harmonies and stuff like that. But yeah, that, that section was a real trip. I had like nightmares of it when I was recording it because you know, we turn over and the speakers are loud and in your face and it's a real like haunting vibe uh, section. So it was like, when I left that, I need to listen to some like Hanson or some Kid Pop or something. <laughs> No, I thought it turned out awesome, man. Um, so you've you've got these three cool. songs out. You got a you got another one coming out. Um, is the goal eventually to to put them into like an EP or an album? Like, what are sort of the the next steps from here? Yeah, so the the fourth one comes out next month, and then I have at least one more I want to put out, like at least by the end of summer, and maybe another. Um, but those will just remain as singles, and then I think after I get the next three in total out, I will have satisfied my urges to do all sorts of different styles and vibes that I've really just wanted to get out for a long time now, and probably do like an EP because I want to start. I want to get back on the road. I want to start playing out again because that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. So I'll probably do less studio time than I have in the last year. So I want to get the next couple knocked out that I've already started. And then, you know, really focus on playing out live and then in the background, um, yeah, like working on an EP. I think something more in the line of, uh, and this is all subject to change, but something more like one of one or what my next single would be with more of like a funky hip hop. It just seems like a lot of my, my riffs and ideas are, you know, come together with that vibe. And I think I can still push the boundaries and give a diverse enough release, but um, kind of stick something more uh, uh, cohesive, I guess, is, is the word. That's awesome, man. Well, I can't thank you enough, dude, for, for taking some time today. I, I really appreciate it. It's been great to catch up with you. And uh, the, the one last thing I'll ask you is, you know, as somebody who's taken this path and, like, taken this journey, like, what um, what advice would you give to, 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 to people out there, whether it's music or whatever, um, as far as if they're on the fence about making that transition or just going for it? As somebody who's gone for it and now you've collaborated with, like, musical heroes, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to give advice, I mean, beyond just generic, cliche stuff, like, just go for it, take risks, um, but, I, you know, just from having younger cousins and stuff, I, you know, that there's really no one-size-fits-all solution, I just think, um, being able to just, like, look inside of yourself and know what it is that makes you tick is, like, the first step of it all, like, if you're not sure, like, just try, like, try getting, maybe try getting a job first, because it's less risky, but if you know, that doesn't work, you know, try, try art. And like the biggest thing that's like sustained me and at least allowed me to like do this in the present day at, you know, a pretty cool capacity is uh, finding a balance. Um, Cause at some point you do have to really commit and I'm, I'm not saying don't do that, but don't neglect the other things that are almost as important, if not more in your life, which are, friends family uh paying your bills and stuff like that so so really um as you do go in and and go that path like just being cognizant of of those other areas that are so easy to to neglect because when you're you know doing something entrepreneurial or or passion-based it really can suck up your your mental energy like to the point where it's very unhealthy. That's why so many. Why do you think so many musicians are depressed? Yeah, like it can really drain you, especially when uh, uh, you live with it day to day, and things might be seem seemingly going at a, a snail's pace. But really, if you look at it 
at a five-year perspective, it's kind of grown in a, in a positive direction. So being able to sort of uh, just keep like a, a, a good checks and balances on, on your life, you know, make sure you take a week off to, to go see friends or, or go on a vacation and just put the music away and, and lose your mind for a bit or, you know, find a cool job or find a way to make an income that's like, something you still enjoy doing and doesn't make you miserable like I, I delivered pizzas for you and I was freaking miserable in like 2013 but you know now I'm able to do marketing work which I really enjoy and I can it's related to my music and it funds my studio time and stuff like that so yeah. being able to really find a good, good balance for yourself is like so easy to neglect but so crucial to really pursue and achieve conversation with guitarist slash musician slash good dude extraordinaire Wes Anderson thank you so much Wes for doing the show I really appreciate it and thank you to all of you for checking out the show um it was a great time talking to that guy and just a really inspiring story if you ask me especially if you're somebody right now that's at sort of a crux in your life where you're trying to figure out what that next step is and maybe you're at a point where you know you have things in your mind and you just you need to put them on paper or you just need to get them out there in the world instead of just having them cooking up in the ether of your brain and not doing anything with them and i think really the evolution of where he was in 2012 when i first talked to him and just leaving the corporate world and joining fiction 20 down and the run that he had with that band uh and big infinite for a few years after that and then you know, branching out on his own um, as he's done within the last year or so and, and, and doing these songs with, you know, Lyrics Born and Peanut from 311, who's his favorite band, and, you know, collabing with those guys and also getting to, to, to you know, do the, the meet the collaborators that he's doing. And I'll make sure that I put the links up to all that stuff. But it's just really cool. And I think it really shows what you can do if you put your mind to something and, and you you really go for it. And I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, just think of whoever your favorite artist or band is right now and getting to do a song with them and they're really cool. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts, man. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you grew up how I grew up, you know, everybody kind of where I'm from, it's just, you just have a job, right? You, you have like a quote unquote, a nine to five, you have a job and, you know, you go to work, you work for somebody, they pay you. You pay your taxes, and that's just kind of how life was from from where I'm from. Um, and again, I'm not knocking that life, but it was just one of those things where I think if you if you're somebody that has like a creative mind or you're attracted to the arts in any way, whether it's music or whether it's comedy or whether it's painting or drawing or you know just creating things, you know sometimes it can be an overwhelming thought where you think like, man, like how can I take what I'm passionate about? and like really turn that into potentially a career you know how can how can i make money off of what i enjoy doing and sometimes it's not even that it's just you know how how can i be successful and be happy you know maybe i have that nine to five you know that that i really enjoy and i go to work for somebody and i really like it which is the situation that i'm in right now I, i love who i work for and i love what i'm doing in terms of my day job but i still have that creative itch that i have to scratch so i think this is a really inspiring episode for for those of you out there who are kind of in that position where you know there's things that you enjoy and you know maybe you've given up on them because 
you you don't understand how to make money at it and my advice to you would be you know everybody starts somewhere everybody starts at square one you know some people um you know are more talented right out the gate you know whether it is playing guitar like like Wes or you know maybe it's a sport you know there's there's some people they you know we all know them growing up you know if you played a sport there there'd be those those guys and girls they'd walk on that court or that field the first time and they just they looked amazing and you're like man I want to do that and and it looked very easy for them and there was very little effort involved because they just had a natural gift and then there's some people that you know the first time they pick up a guitar like myself um I wanted to cry <laughs> cuz I was terrible and I'm still not that great at it but point being that you know don't stop before you start you know sometimes as I've mentioned before on this podcast you know we 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 started a and we go to Z, you know, if you're if you're an overthinker like me, you know, you, you start at, at the, the first point and then all of a sudden you're already thinking about the end of the road and the end of the journey. And it's like, you know, not that you want to skip steps, but that you just you get so overwhelmed by the thought of the process and you don't even know where to start. It's just just start with that first step. You know, Wes is a guy, like I said, he's been playing guitar, you know, since like the mid 90s and just was always passionate about music, always stuck with it. You know, um, he's gotten sponsors from like Dean Markley strings and, you know, Paul Reed Smith guitars, which to me are some of the, 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 the coolest instruments on the planet. If you look up Paul Reed Smith guitars, just the uniqueness of them and how they look. And, you know, me being a, a big, you know, Mark Tremonti fan from, from Alter Bridge, um, you know, I always loved his instruments and that's how I really kind of became familiar with Paul Reed Smith stuff. And, um, and even guys like Clint Lowry from, from seven to us. I mean, there's so many artists I could go on and on, but, but just point being that like, you know, he never gave up on it, you know, and, and even now he's taken, you know, his skill set that, you know, he learned in college, you know, and, and those marketing skills and, and using that and applying that to his passions. And I think that's the, that's the other cool thing to take away from this podcast too, is, you know, how do I use those job skills or those school skills that I acquired and apply them to what I enjoy and you know what what really kind of makes me tick whether it's music or fitness or cooking and you know little by little you take those steps and 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 you make progress and you know you look at Wes I mean it hasn't been overnight you know like I said I first talked to him seven years ago and seven years later you know he's collaborating with you know the guys from Ballyhoo he's collaborating with you know the aforementioned peanut from 311 and lyrics born so you know, it takes time, you know, so don't quit on yourself. If you enjoy something, stick with it and good things are bound to happen. If you continue to put in that effort and you have the love there. And I think that's so important, excuse me, because there's people that, you know, they, they're good at something, but they don't enjoy it or vice versa. Maybe you really enjoy something, but you're not great at it or really good at it right away. But if you love it, keep, keep at it. You know what I'm saying? So thanks again to Wes. Thanks again to all of you for listening to this. Um, on Twitter, I believe his Twitter handle is at Songs by Wes. Uh, he shares the same name as a pretty well-known director, so um, he has you know a pretty common name, kind of like myself. You you would actually be surprised. There's several Mike Bauman's out there. I think uh, one of the more well-known ones is a a longtime like baseball writer. So I will put up the links to his SoundCloud and his Twitter and where you can find them. His songs are on Spotify. But, you know, really, really had a good time talking to him. And thanks again, Wes, for, for taking the time and doing the show. Uh, 
but yeah, man, I'm just really happy. I'm happy to finally get this one out here. Thanks again to all of you for checking out the show. Uh, the website that you can check out this podcast if you want to go to the actual site is march4th.podbean.com. Podbean is spelled P-O-D-B-E-A-N. There's also the Podbean app where you can subscribe to the show. And the show is available on, on pretty pretty much most podcast apps that you listen to. You know, if you if you type in March 4th with Mike Bauman on your browser, whatever you have, whether you have an iPhone or an Android, whatever whatever mobile device you have, you can check that out. And then whatever podcast app that you have, usually it'll come up and it'll ask you what you want to open it with, and it'll put it in that new uh, that new feed URL. And it's also that's too much work. I know a lot of you out there just have iPhones. My podcast is on Apple Music. I, I still say like iTunes. I don't even really even know if they call it iTunes anymore, but you can find March 4th with Mike Bauman on that as well. So thanks for checking out the show. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks again to Wes. But before we go, Wes was kind enough to let me use a song for the podcast. So I'm really excited about that because he's come out with three singles so far within like the last year. The first one was Moments in Time featuring Howie Spangler from Ballyhoo. Um, and the artwork on all three of these is really cool and really different as well. And we touched on that in the interview. But uh, if you're somebody who's into that stuff, definitely check out the artwork because it's cool. And then the second one was One of One, which is the one that featured Lyrics Born and Peanut of 311. And then the latest one, which you're about to hear when I shut my big yapper. Shout out Chris Farley. Rest in peace. I love you, brother. This is I've Got Your Back Kid from Wes Anderson featuring Howie and Donald Spangler of Ballyhoo. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace. We're gonna shop left. I got your back, kid. I'll ask the guy behind the register a question. He'll turn his back and won't see it coming. You grab the candy from the shelf and take off running. We make a great team, such an alliance. Pick up the base cause I can hear the fucking sirens Hey, you're so in trouble now You're gonna take the fall I am in your head and I want it all Hey, I'm running everything I'm gonna take control Never let it go cause I want your soul You're no match for the one true troublemaker I'm the devil in your ear I'm the dark side You wanna be a good kid for your mother's sake But I'm the progeny Singing my lullaby Some real fun. I heard the bank vault has a healthy stash of diamonds. We make a great team, a couple pirates. My name is Aki.